Fresh Beats with Rob O'Connor. Your music now. This is Beat. How are you doing? This is Rob O'Connor here from Irish Beats on Beat 102-103. I had a great chat the other day with an incredibly interesting woman, Louise Carroll. She might be best known as the bass player of the Blizzards as well as a composer for film and TV. If that wasn't enough, she's also a chartered occupational psychologist who specialises with adults working in the creative industries. She's a registered member of the Psychological Society of Ireland and the British Psychological Society. Our conversation was framed in the context of Minding Creative Minds, a new mental health service set up for people working in the Irish music industry. And we also spoke about the Blizzards, Irish Women in Harmony. Oh yeah, she's involved in that project also. Uh, a general obsession with music and, of course, mental health and well-being. In that context, the conversation began with me asking Louise just what Minding Creative Minds is all about. Well, it is a 24-7 well-being service. Um, and it's the first service of its kind, completely dedicated to people who are within the music industry. Um, and we're at the point where actually the service has been launched to include everybody and anybody who has anything to do with music which is incredible and it's nine months early um so and it is an absolute credit to Dave Reed who's behind Mind and Creative Mind setting it up and getting the resources and the support available to have it launched nine months in advance to be able to include everybody and I'm talking you know songwriters engineers producers artist managers crew um the works uh, even pe- Irish people who are abroad can access it Okay, now may I ask you what could seem like a flippant question, but I suppose it's important to maybe set the, uh, I suppose I suppose set the context. Why is this important? Well, inherent in the music industry are a unique set of challenges and difficulties. Um, you know, and I know every industry has its own difficulties, but particularly with the music industry, I remember. You know, obviously I have a background in psychology and I came from working within that structure. And then when I moved kind of more professionally into music, I was so struck by how it was quite like the Wild West. That's how I described it, you know, and it, and it really felt like that because, you know, what happens if I don't feel good today? What You know, there's nowhere to go. There's no HR. There's no uh, manager. Well, you know, manager in terms of your well-being. There's no, there's nothing that you can check into. There's no sick leave. There's no there's just nothing there it just sort of felt like you were floating in this expanse and you were only answering and responsible for yourself with no support nothing at least no structures and apart from that you know there's so many aspects to it if you're in the music industry if you're creative there is a propensity towards rumination which you know has a propensity to bring you down so being a creative has this sort of wide, far-reaching implications for how you manage your emotions in a way. And that can drive your creativity in so many ways, but it can also really bring you down. And in that context of having no scaffolding, it can be such a challenge. And so that's why something like this, a mental health service, a well-being service, really accessible 24-7 is really, it's it's incredible. And I think it will make a huge difference. Okay, now I don't want to get into specifics because I don't want to know anyone's personal details, but what type of issues are being reported or do you expect to see reported? Mm-hmm. Well, it is what comes out on top in terms of what's the most prevalent uh, would be anxiety, 
and mood issues. And but that's no surprise at all. I mean, across the world, with the world uh, globally, those are the top two issues that come out when people present um, for support. And, you know, then it can be disguised in many ways, you know, and even in my own personal practice, you know, people who come presenting with a work issue, you know, or presenting with a career concern or it tends to always be rooted in some form of anxiety and it might not even be to do at work. It could be rooted in some other personal issue. So those those things are will always and forever be the kind of top presenting issues but they manifest in so many different ways depending on what you're involved in in your life okay could could we maybe explore that just just a little bit as to what how how that might be i mean because i might say look it might mean somebody might drink a bit more or maybe they're they're getting uh tetchy or or angry or retreating within themselves but I mean I'm just a lay person I don't necessarily understand that but so how would I recognise some of these uh, underlying issues from symptoms that I might be exhibiting Mm -hmm. well and that's why that's and that's a very good question because there is a point of which maybe you can't and maybe you do need the support to find that right and so up until a certain point you know we all are I mean particularly now we're all under a certain level of blanket stress you know, and that's on top of our own lives and what we're trying to unpick for ourselves, you know, and when you keep hitting a wall over and over again, there's a certain amount that you can do for yourself. There's no doubt about that. But if you keep finding yourself hitting a wall over and over again, if you keep finding yourself being incredibly irritable, you know, and your relationships are suffering because of that. And let me be really clear about this. When your relationships start to suffer and you still can't find the thread as to what's going on, or you still can't maybe see your part in that, that's when you're hitting the wall and that's maybe when you need to get support because, you know, the quality of our relationships determine the quality of our lives. And if if that's what's starting to suffer, maybe that is the time to reach out. And then what kind of support or what kind of help could I expect if I did get in touch with Minding Creative Minds, Louise? Mm-hmm. Well, you can. And the beauty about it, actually, is that there are multiple ways to engage with the service. So Again, one of the barriers for people seeking help can be often the unknown. You know, what are you getting yourself into when you pick up the phone? You know, what's the first session going to be like? And that can be quite terrifying if you've never been in that world before and you don't know what happens, you know, and maybe you've just watched films over the years and, you know, you have a sense of psychiatric hospitals. There's nothing like that. Nothing like that. You know, and I've long since been in maybe 12 years now, I've been in the business of early intervention, which is get in early. You know, when you have a shit day, sorry, <laughs> recursing, um, if you have a bad day, then you do something about it then, right? If, if you have a bad week, do something about it then. Don't wait until it's severe. Don't wait until you're in crisis. There's no need to. There's no need to, especially with Mind and Creative Minds now. And it's, you can pick up the phone, you can speak to somebody, but you, there's also a live chat so you can, you can chat. So if you're uncomfortable presenting in video, you know, or even speaking on the phone, you can also type. So I love that about it. I love that it kind of caters to people's, you know, need to be comfortable initially to help guide them into the service more fully. So Louise, you mentioned 
Dave Reed, mm-hmm. uh, who very well known in musical mm-hmm. circles. OK, uh, but also Eleanor McAvoy is heavily involved in the system in, in Mind and Creative Minds. So, I mean, Eleanor would be well known as a songwriter, mm-hmm. but she's also the head of IMRO at the moment. Right. Do If I wanted to access the service, do I have to do I have to be a member of IMRO? Do I have to be a member of some group in order to access the service? No, 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 no. If you are a songwriter, if you are starting out in the music industry um, and you don't know which way is up, which is generally how it works at the start, you know, if you're a manager, anything, you don't you don't need to be affiliated. You know, you don't need to have to tick a box if you're in the music industry and you're suffering right now. That's all. That's the only thing that you need. Yes. Yeah. So you don't need a membership card or any of that kind of stuff like or prove that you've played two gigs in Wheelands or something like that. Not at all. Um, Right. So let's say, how does somebody get in touch with the service? Let's say I wanted to get in touch with Minding Creative Minds. How do Mm -hmm. I go about it? What's the first step? There are a couple of phone numbers and you could be, if you're in Northern Ireland, there's a phone number for that. If you're in the Republic, there's a phone number for that. Um, And you can also log on online, Minding creativeminds.ie and find out that there's also an Instagram and Twitter so it's widely accessible online it's just a quick Google and you'll find the numbers and you'll you can get into the service that way mm, yeah so mindingcreativeminds.ie is probably your best starting mm-hmm. point and mm-hmm. then everything else kind of branches off from yeah, there yeah and maybe I'm not sure Rob but maybe you could make the numbers available to people who are inquiring after this show yeah absolutely we can put them up on socials and, and all of that kind Brilliant. of stuff absolutely yeah, 100% yeah. um, I think there's an interesting one because uh, now that we've kind of got a lot of the nuts and bolts information out of the way there's there's an interesting dynamic going on here uh, in that from speaking, I don't know, again, what your experience with this is, but from speaking to like in my own life uh, and, and speaking to my friends and various other people, there seems to have been over the last few months a kind of a feast or famine type approach. You're either crazy busy mm. or have nothing to do. Mm. And there, maybe there is a middle, maybe maybe many people have a middle space, but I'm not hearing about it. Maybe only hear about the extremes. Is that something that that is replicated elsewhere or is this just in my imagination? No, I don't think that's in your imagination, actually. When, when a population or when a group are in extreme stress, it brings out extreme coping mechanisms. And you rarely see the middle ground. And people become much... <laughs> more intense versions of themselves and if that means that they work twice as hard or three times as hard to cope and to try and shift a focus towards that or it might mean that they can't focus at all you know and it becomes that nothing is happening in the in the day or they, they can't really get engaged in anything meaningfully um so no it's not surprising that you're seeing that it's very difficult to ride that balance in between when we're so aware we're so internally aware of what is going on right now and the unpredictability of it and the lack of a line in the sand in the future that's the hardest part psychologically that's the hardest part we don't know when this will end you know we we can't just go oh it'll be okay we don't you know that's what we say all the time we're irish (laughs) you know it'll be it'll be grand you know we for first the first time in probably most of our lives we can't say that we don't know we don't know where it's going and again, there's so many things. It's beyond our control. Yeah. Yes. You know, I mean, there, there are things in your life you can't control, but there's all of this mm-hmm. COVID and lockdowns and level three and level four and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. That's totally beyond any of our control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And I think there's, you know, what keeps us grounded and anchored is that we can control what's in our 
within our sphere. And now suddenly all of that has been removed from us. And this is what we're seeing. We're seeing anger. We're seeing a lot of anger, a lot of reactionary sort of comments online, a lot of, and some of them are fair enough as well, but we're also seeing um, division happening because of the lack of coherence and that is creating even more anxiety. So what we're doing is we're battling a very concrete, explicit virus because we can we can see the damage to a certain extent. But what we're sacrificing also is the invisible, quiet, silent mental health of people. And it's trying to find that balance and it's not necessarily happening at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, so... Okay, so Louise, like, I mean, you are a psychologist and you're also a musician, but, and and again, if I'm stepping out of bounds here, please tell me because I don't want to do that. But you're also a human being and I'm sure you're busy and you've had your own stresses. Are there any kind of coping mechanisms that you find work well for you? Mm. Well. And I mean, you personally, as opposed to you yeah. with your professional hat on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do yoga. I do yoga and I have to say that that is probably my touchstone of how to bring my own nervous system down it really works I find it really effective and so I I do that but I am noticing and it's interesting you're asking that now because I am noticing a shift in me over this new in the last couple of weeks of what's happening in the new announcements and again a greater wave of uncertainty that's rolling back in I'm almost more irritable than I was the first time (laughs) you know I, 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 and maybe it's because of the the lack of cohesion you know with with the the restrictions and and I'm trying to get my head around why it makes sense and trying to align and trying to be part of this and trying to do what's right but also kind of questioning that at the same time so there's definitely more irritability so I've realized in the last 24 hours that actually I need something quite explosive energy wise I need to get energy out in a much more dramatic way so considering running or you know but but I need to I hate running by the way but I just something to push out that excess frustration energy and like you say that lack of control we need to channel our energy into something you know in the absence of any kind of certainty yeah, so, yeah it's funny that's what I do <laughs> but I mean yoga I can totally see that yoga would I suppose be seen as a traditional Stress reliever is. I know that that's being very reductive, okay. But mm. but for, for, from a kind of a, a an ignorant yeah. person's point of view, um, I mean, I don't want to be kind of silly about things by saying like you know mindful meditation mm. that that can be very very useful as well. Yeah. But I I love the way you said like running there. It's because I found that I've done a lot of exercise since all of this has begun, and my mm. wife as well. She's she's gone exercise crazy. <laughs> uh, but again, that works yeah. very well for her, mm. and I can see how that's a, a coping mechanism. Yeah. Um. So I suppose it's finding, finding that thing it's is the good. hard part. Yeah, and it doesn't it, necessarily say it's, it's yoga for everyone or no. it's running for everyone. It can be mm. whatever, it can but be it's probably anything. some physical activity I would imagine, would it? I do think that, yeah. And it, like a lot of us are working from home. My whole clinic has, you know, been transferred online. And so I sit in front of a screen in the one space, you know, and I, I get you know, to a certain extent most people are doing that or might have done it before but at least you're moving around or you're moving to different buildings or you're outdoors or it's but it's when everything has been condensed into one space it is not good for us it is really not good for us and we need to find a way to expand even you know walking outside walking into anywhere mix it up and and that's what I really I went into 
done stores yesterday. <laughs> and honestly, Rob, I was like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I realized how I felt when I walked in the door. And I was taken, both taken aback and dismayed <laughs> by the fact that this was a highlight you know, of the day. Yeah. But at the same time, like we have a single out right now called One Good Thing. And this is what it is about. It's that sounds very paltry. <laughs> no. stories, but but it's find it. You have to, I mean, in the absence of anything greater right now, you find it in whatever it is that it, it's offered up to you during the day, whatever gives you that little lift, hone into it. And like you say, mindful meditation, that helps you to do it a bit more effectively, that you connect with the impact that it has in your body. And that's what keeps you grounded. And that's what brings your nervous system down. I'm all about bringing the nervous system down in your body because when we get used to stress reactions, we're constantly heightened and it becomes normal to be constantly heightened. And then we're missing how stress is damaging us. And that's, this, that's the space that so many people are existing within now. And it, it, that norm, it becomes a norm. So how do you identify that it's not right? You can't, you can't, you know, yeah. No, the, 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 it's interesting. I, I think you, what you're saying makes perfect sense. Mm. To, to, like to me, as as a layperson, mm. I can see, I can recognise that. I recognise it myself. I recognise it in others. Mm. Um, and I wonder as about as well. I, I just while you're here and and you have this training, I I feel bad if I don't ask you about the whole idea of of screens. So we're on screens so much anyway in our lives, but now it's gone to a whole other whole other level I mean here we're talking via a screen mm. right now whereas it'd be much nicer to talk in person mm. but that's a whole other kettle of fish um, and I found myself it's hard to switch off at night because I often work late um, yeah. and then in the evening I'm on I'm on and, and I, I, I wonder is that replicated elsewhere as well this the whole thing about screens yeah. is that something that you notice it is I actually and just switching back I notice it in myself as well personally it, it, my circadian rhythms are off and it's you know, again, being on the screen a lot, it's it it definitely it it messes with your ability to to wind down and to bring your system down again. But it's there's also something else curious about it. You know, and it's when you're in the presence of somebody else, it's it's physics. This isn't airy fairy stuff. It's physics. You know, your presence, your chemicals your how you present are mixing with the other person in a room right and you get you feed from that and even psychologically so much of what I do can be about body language you know and it can be about what's not said or the movement of somebody or you know what I'm picking up on in the room and that's gone and and that's it's not saying it, it's still effective because actually in another way it's compensated because I'm up close to the person's face so I do see more and, and in a way it's been really good and I've been very relieved that it has but even socially you know it's it's almost like it's like I call it psychological absenteeism <laughs> so <laughs> you know you, you're you're kind of there but you're not really you're not getting yeah. the benefits you don't feel them in your body you know yes from having that social interaction when you are physically together you don't have that benefit and I really feel that. I really very much feel that. I'm all about the body and how the body communicates with us. You know, we spend so much time thinking about our minds and what our minds tell us, you know, and being intellectual and trying to be on top of what's going on. So much so that we disconnect ourselves from our body, but our body keeps the score and our body tells us the truth. But we can be so cut off from it at the moment and screens definitely don't have that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Yesterday I was at work 
uh, at not radio work another work in uh, WIT and I was in a few minutes early and I just went to the canteen and got a cup of coffee mm. now it was on my own there was, there, was, there was people milling around but none of my friends should we say but it was just I found it amazing just getting a coffee and talking to the to the girl who was making the coffee mm. uh, talking about complete rubbish now by the way it wasn't I'd love to tell you we had a deep conversation we didn't we talked in complete nonsense yeah. but it was just wonderful just to talk to somebody yeah. in in what was an almost normal context mm-hmm. it's plexigl- plexiglass screens and things mm-hmm. around but mm-hmm. you know and and I I know exactly what you mean even just seeing people around and not yeah. this lonely empty space mm-hmm. that many of us are finding ourselves in it's yeah. it's quite fascinating yeah. um I'd like to change the subject now because you're also a musician mm-hmm. and you have very intro I mean you've mentioned the new Blizzard single so we, we might talk about that and a few other things as well because again it would be remiss of me well, I have you on the line not to talk to you about these things. Um, so you do you 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 play with the Blizzards. Uh, the new single "One Good Thing" came out there last week. Mm. You also played with um, Irish Women in Harmony. Am I yeah. correct in saying that you yeah, you, you, right. you played on the uh, the uh, mm. Dreams Dream Talk? So clearly, you've obviously kept yourself busy. <laughs> I mean, because here you are talking about you know minding creative minds and your own private practice as well. Mm. Um, do you, do you take solace? In music, do you find music is is beneficial to you as a person, not necessarily as an artist, as a person? Oh yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> the short answer, the longer answer is: it's when I was younger, um, like a kid and teenager. When I was younger, I was very quiet. I was very shy. I was there was a lot going on in my inner world always, <laughs> but it didn't necessarily get communicated. Um, but music did it for me. And I remember I was like, I'd be into metal. I was into Metallica. My first band was a metal band. And, you know, <laughs> but I, yeah, I was so softly spoken and I was so, you know, gentle. And people would just go, you're such a strange contradiction. <laughs> you know, because I'd be very soft and empathic and all that. But then I'd be blaring this metal from my room. And honestly, you know, Skunk and Nancy was actually one of my favorite bands growing up. I absolutely adored her. She was such an icon for me growing up. I loved her fierceness, you know, but that's what music did for me. It it projected everything that I didn't feel like I could. It said all the things that I wasn't yet brave enough to say. And honestly, it was it was like this alter persona growing up that existed and I could tap into that helped me express or process what I was feeling. Um, and then I obviously I started to do it I started to write it and I started to play it and then it, it stepped up even more for me to be able to do that and to actually play and perform and I was much louder and more boisterous on stage than I ever was in person and you know it, it really it's you know <laughs> saved my soul in so many ways you know I know that sounds dramatic but it but it it did and it continues to do that but earlier on, you were talking about kind of places to channel your energy mm. where, again, it would sound like that is a place where you channel your energy. And for the next person, it could be playing five aside once a week or it could be doing whatever, you know, going on a park run. It can be anything at all yeah. or playing music or being involved in the local amateur dramatic society mm. or or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, maybe because we're missing all of these communal activities, that's why we're, 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 we're feeling this way. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, uh, it, it, again, there's no, I'd love to tell you there's great insight in that, but there clearly isn't. That's but, <laughs> fairly obvious. Yeah. But it, you know, but it, 
it's obvious in a way, but also not, because sometimes we miss that. You know, we think, oh, that's what we're doing and we're not doing it now. But, you know, the roots of that is that we're relational animals. You were supposed to connect. We're supposed to be together. You know, it, it's it's what helps us thrive. And it's why I worry about our restrictions. And, and I don't have an answer. You know, I don't have an answer, but I'm really worried, you know, and I'm worried because we're sacrificing so much of what makes us tick, so much of what keeps our heart beating, you know, and I I don't know if there's a better way, but I really hope that there is. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, but yeah. I suppose if there was an easy answer, somebody would have found it, mm-hmm. you know, so, so there's no again, there's no there's no shame in that it's 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 a complex situation yeah you know it and, and recognizing maybe that it's complex is, is important yeah. um you, you talked about connection and you were involved in irish women in harmony you you, you played bass on the track didn't you am i, I did. right about that yeah um right and that is a song that and a, a version of a song that really connected connected with so many people uh i lost i stopped looking at the stats for that song a while ago because it just went <laughs> crazy and it was and it was great it was yeah. fabulous to see and like I chatted to Ruth Ann about this at the very very start of mm. all this and I, I was very blown away by the vision that she had for, yeah, for yeah. this for that and future projects uh, yeah. yeah I mean did you feel a, even though I know you all recorded it remotely yeah did, did you feel a sense of connection with that group again I uh, yes but not obviously the way in which it would be if we were all in the studio together you know and, and brainstorming about the arrangement or where the vocals were going to be or what kind of baseline I put in or, you know it's a totally different experience you know, we had zoom calls group zoom calls and you know we all chatted about it and everyone was excited about it and that was lovely but it's 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 not the same you know there's no use in pretending that it is the same but we make the most of it and you do the best with it and I think everybody was just so thrilled at how it came out you know and and, and then again the reaction to it too and I think again the same thing you know when you shut your eyes and you listen to it and you you do feel the connection between all these amazing beautiful singers you know and, and performers and artists pulling together separately to make something that is greater than the sum of the parts and you know I do think it was inspiring for so many people as it was for us so like okay so Louise you've also worked in film and tv you play in the blizzards but did you get a sense what or what level of personal satisfaction did you get from that from the dreams track yeah yeah i mean i mean what yeah. i mean is separate from from your oh, yeah. other work mm-hmm. well i think it was it was such a unique project for me i've never done really anything like that before and like i said my background was metal and then rock and, and yeah. the blizzards and it that's sort of what i've always been a part of so it was really cool for me to step into something quite, that was quite different like that and to to work with these girls and with ruthan and and you know, apply my own creativity, I suppose, in, in terms of what we were creating together on a song that has always long inspired me. I've adored that song for ever since it was released. So, yeah, it was I loved being a part of it and I loved watching where it went. Yeah. And there's more to come from Irish Women in Harmony, too. Yeah. And are you staying involved in that? I am. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. I know you have a Christmas single planned That's and right. I, I, I'm hoping at some stage in the not too distant future there might be some gigs perhaps well maybe. that would be incredible yeah 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 <laughs> but, I sp- but again things that are beyond control yeah uh, it's not necessarily there um, your your bandmate Brezzy mm-hmm. also produced a 
remotely recorded track, the um, uh, the Magnetic Zero's home the, yes, for the for the, the ukulele, ukulele lockdown rockdown. Yeah, were, were you involved in that as well, by any chance? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm seeing a pattern here. I think you're seeing a pattern, Rob. I think you're beginning to connect with my own coping mechanism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, I suppose that is one of the benefits of music. You can at least. I mean, I'm sitting here guitars and various random bits about oh, yeah. there's a cat there's a cat over there oh, I didn't nice. realize she was there <laughs> <laughs> um, she, uh, but it is something you can do at home you know yeah. you can do that it's not the same you can't play a gig uh, but but you can do stuff at home yeah. I, d- I there was um there was a book i read oh god a good few years ago uh the this is your brain on music it's by a guy called uh, daniel Daniel Levitin or Daniel yes. Levin or something yes. like that. I, you, you might know this book. Leviathan, he's a, yeah. yeah, he's not a um, Leviathan. Is, it, is mm. that it? Mm. Yeah. So he's not, I know he's not, um, he's not a medical doctor. He's a neuro, neurological scientist or something yeah. like that. And uh, in the book, he talks about performing studies on musicians' brains mm. while they're playing. Mm. Yeah. And mm. the, 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 the way that, the waves or, or or the neurons are firing mm. that it is incredibly uh it, it's like a workout for the brain yeah uh yeah. and and i suppose it's also very mindful because i think about if i play guitar you you, you you know when you get lost in something mm-hmm. and then you look at your watch and you realize god i've been sitting here for an hour and i didn't even realize it yeah um well. uh, you know so it, it, in terms of meditation and your own personal meditation playing music can be quite beneficial yeah it's funny that you bring this up because the whole basis of i don't know if you've seen the cover of our album the last great algorithm it's it's a multicolored kind of it looks like sort of the vitruvian man but actually what it is right it's the fmri representation of all of our brains because we had them scanned as we played (laughs) wow yeah okay i didn't know that no no, i wasn't aware of that yeah so this is the last Blizzards album yeah, is exactly. your brain scans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, we were all very excited about that. But yeah, the, yeah. all together we made a bit of a pattern out of it. But it's, we, a guy called Michael Kane, who we he actualized, he's a neuroscientist. So he came into the studio. This is before lockdown, obviously, but he came into the studio and we put our little <laughs> neuro caps on and the gel and he hooked us up and we played our instruments. And then we got a representation of what our brain looked like while we were doing that. And we could also see what was happening. It was kind of different for everybody. So I played the wow. bass throughout a song and he, he he had it monitored the whole time. And I, I had very interesting hotspots at the back of my brain, which is actually the visual parts, the occipital lobe, interestingly. So I'm obviously quite visual. Yeah. <laughs> so that was happening for me while I was playing. So I obviously have some kind of visual things going on in my head when I do that. But uh, yeah, so it's fascinating. Um, but, I mean, yeah. it, it, it's absolutely amazing to, mm. to to think like that. And I suppose, again, it just to bring it back to minding creative minds, there's so much going on inside this thick skull of ours that we yeah. maybe don't necessarily know as much. Yeah. Uh, and, and because you can, like, if you break your arm or you cut yourself, you can see it. Right, yeah. But when yeah. you have other things that are maybe on the inside, you don't necessarily see them as much. You don't see them. But, and also what's more is that, you know, the place that you come to in your life and what you think about how you feel is such a function of what your experiences are. You know, what you've grown up with, the context of the relationships that you've had, good and bad, that leads you to make a choice or a decision about what you feel right now, whether it's 
you know, serious or not, or whether it's something you can overcome, whether it's something that you should get help for, or if it's something that you feel like you should be able to manage by yourself, which stops you from accessing help, right? So we have so many ideas about ourselves. We have such a, a kind of a filter. Each of us has a filter over our own eyes, you know, that's made up of what our experiences have been that leads us to this point and determines what we choose to do next. But, and this is what mindful meditation is about too. It's just anchoring to the present moment. Can you drop the story that you have about yourself? Can you drop the ego for a minute just to hear yourself, just to hear what it is that you need right now? Um, and when you can do that, and when you can bring yourself down to that anchor, then you can start making smarter choices for yourself, healthier ones. Well, that's a very wise and insightful words. And I suppose if, if more of us lived by them or pay heed to them, we might be in a better position. Mm-hmm. Um before I leave you go, I just want to ask you one last question. Uh, the I know with the blizzards, you streamed a gig there uh, the week before last. Yeah. Now I didn't get I didn't get to see it, so I I don't know how it went. I'm assuming it was it was great crack. Yeah. Um, w- would you have you any plans to do anything like that again in the relatively near future? Oh, we'd absolutely love to do it again, but it was uh, it was with Visit Westmeath. They had a string of performances, and we closed it with that performance, and we did it down in. Tully Nally Castle outside of it and it was an absolutely incredible experience because the, the, they, the work they put into it you know we had, there was 10 cameras on us which is not great after six months of not performing <laughs> to have <laughs> 10 cameras on you but um it was just exceptionally well done um, and we really even we had our crew back you know that we've had on tour and it was actually it was quite emotional you know even the most stoic of, of them would admit that it was as well and emotional bittersweet because it was so amazing to do it but also when are we going to get to do this again you know and it was we put our hearts into it and you know I think we had lots of good feedback from it and it was it was powerful for us and I think people felt like that when they tuned in too and we would love to do it again in the future and there's no current plans right now but that's not to say that there won't be and we really would we'd be definitely up for that it's so much of our you know, and I know the lads feel the same way. So much of what we do is about the performance. You know, it's about communicating and connecting with, with people. Even if it is streaming, it's better than not doing it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Well, the single One Good Thing uh, from the Blizzards, that is out now. That's available now. Uh, yeah. Louise also told us that we know that Irish Women in Harmony do have a new single coming out for Christmas. So that'll be in a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, ie is the place to start your journey on yeah. minding your creative mind. Mm-hmm. And that's open to all creatives, yeah. all people in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And you don't need, you don't need to flash your it's membership card. cards. It's, no, it's no, no it, achievement cards necessary. <laughs> yeah, no. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that, well, that, that, it's a wonderful initiative. I take, if I was wearing a cap, I'd take it off to you, but I'm not. So um, <laughs> I have a banana skin. I'll wave that at you. <laughs> <Lovely>. <laughs> it's not the same thing, but uh, you know, actually that in some cultures that might be insulting to wave your banana skin. At <laughs> anyway, that's not here now. Louise Carroll, thank you so much for the chat thanks for your insight thanks for your expertise Uh, we wish all the best with the project and hopefully at some stage in the not too distant future we will get to see you actually kicking ass on the stage and uh, maybe you never know you might be able to see your Irish women in harmony in a metal direction yeah Uh, that that would be really interesting actually I'd (laughs) love that that happening you'll know who was behind it (laughs) brilliant Louise thank you so much my pleasure Rob thank you Irish Beats
with Rob O'Connor on Beat 102-103.